0: All right, quick intro today here coming to you live from the Gillette Stadium press box. It is late on Wednesday heading into what will be Perhaps close to 100-degree practice on Thursday, but before we get to that, long conversation with Tommy Curran covering Tom Brady and the Dolphins, everything that came out with the tampering back in 2019, plus the new offense. It's been a full first week of practice. What do we know? What do we not know? What does it mean that Belichick is trying to pivot towards a system that looks a little bit more like a Shanahan-McVay-style uh, system, and then what do we want to see moving forward? Because to date, it's not been great. Another reason for this quick intro, uh, no mailbag. I know I teased on Twitter. We got a bunch of questions. I'm going to save those for the end of the week. We might start doing a a twice-weekly format where, you know, maybe I'm not drinking a beer every single episode, but we do a solo episode at the end to get to everything you want with an interview, the first episode, and the second one is kind of a mega mailbag segment to review the week and what we've learned. So coming up, Tommy Curran on Tom Brady and the Dolphins, what we've learned about this new offense and what we want to see next because what comes next week are the Giants' first preseason game. But until then, let's roll. Tommy Curran, MEC Sports Boston. He is 1% better today. He is Tanner. He is ready for football. You came on kind of last minute, so I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Oh, my God. This isn't last minute. This is great, and I'm very happy to do it. I find your analysis, your uh, bedside manner in doing your job questions you ask and your coverage excellent so happy to do it
0: buddy well check is in the mail with short notice but there was a fat check there right before I asked you to do that so that paid off very handsomely right off the bat Um, two big topics today one of which I think collectively we are not beating to death but the offense is on the ground it's asking us to stop we're going to keep going for another couple of days because it's the biggest story of camp but the one that I don't think has gotten enough attention at least locally because we're busy is the Brady tampering with the Dolphins. And you, along with Karen Gregan, have been on Brady stuff since his first days more than anybody else, no better person to talk to. You described it, I think, as a – was it a dent in the legacy in that team? Yeah,
1: it leaves a dent on his legacy.
0: Okay, so to recap for those not totally familiar with it, is basically that Brady had uh, impermissible contact with the Dolphins throughout the 2019 season. It started in August at the exact same time his last negotiations with the Patriots concluded and soured. And then he put his house up for sale. So none of that, obviously, um, an accident, considering he knew he was going to leave New England. Had a little side piece conversation going on with the Dolphins. Didn't materialize. Did it the same with the Bucs all last year. I think this has been mollified a little bit from a fan standpoint because time has just passed. Like any Uh past relationship, any breakup, things aren't as bad. But if this was the year later, or say this news came out before the Bucs rolled in here in week four, do you think the reaction is much different?
1: Yeah, I I do think the reaction is different. And I think that the reaction is different had he ended up with the Miami Dolphins. Um, Had that happened and you learned that he was having a dalliance with them throughout the season, that would have been something that you would have found unacceptable. And I think that's the interesting thing about this for for Brady and his legacy here. Look, in four years, it's going to be a footnote. In 30 years, you'll have to remind people it even happened. But for right now, and the reason it's important is this is the most historic franchise in pro football history. Steelers fans, Cowboys fans, Raiders fans, Bears fans—I don't care how long your your team's been around or what George Halas did for you or Curly Lambeau.
0: Well, they're all listening, so thank you for saying that. That was this needed. This yeah.
1: team authored the greatest twenty-year run in NFL history, and they—that's always going to be the case. So, how it ended, why it ended, and the circumstances around its ending do demand scrutiny. And that's why we talk about this now. So why would a player after 20 years of eating a poop sandwich with no bread financially finally say in 2019, you know what, how about this? How about I talk to the dolphins and see whether or not they want me. And I don't talk to them after the season. No, I don't talk to them after, you know, just when I'm about to become a free agent. I start in August. That is, that to me was when my jaw dropped a little bit as somebody who, you know, knew and knows him very well and the people around him very well, and not just his family, but the coterie of, of folks who work with him, Alex Guerrero, Don Yee, Brady. Um, <clears throat> so I was surprised and stunned that it started then, but I know why it started then.
0: Right. And I think it's interesting too, because it colors in retrospect the light of Brady's last season a little bit differently where he's declaring himself the most miserable 8 no quarterback in NFL history to Chris Collinsworth before they lose that game on Sunday night to the Ravens. But we could see even at the podium after wins was just kind of miserable. We assumed then once we found out he wanted to leave or knew he was going to leave kind of the suffering and silence, there wasn't so much silence going on. It was just these quiet conversations to the side, which, you know, depth Darlington had drug up that, you know, the possibility of him playing in being an owner, or, you know, an executive, whatever, probably was never going to come to light because that requires Approval from all 32 owners. Robert Kraft is gonna come in with a no, I would assume, uh, along with now the Tampa Bay Bucks if he had attempted this last offseason. So I think it, well, let's stick with Kraft here for a second, because it is a dent. It depends on your perspective, a fan, how long you've been a fan of how big of a dent, what you think of Brady. Robert Kraft hears this yesterday. Your best guess or sense of his reaction to that?
1: Well, I did ask if we could get a <clears throat> comment from Robert and was told that he won't be commenting on mm-hmm. this topic. Um, probably hurt. Maybe mad. But the interesting thing, again, we have to dredge up the full context of it. Who betrayed who first? Yeah. Because as far as Tom Brady's concerned, the Patriots quit on him before he quit on them. And nobody necessarily quit on the other. But they didn't do all they could for each other. And I think Brady felt that way. Because if you look at, first they draft Garoppolo and they talk about his contract and age. Then they don't have his back so much and... 2016 during the flake gate, which, you know, never know. You never know, which (laughs) uh, we had some noise. Here's Robert now. Very easily distracted. Um, Didn't necessarily have his back during the flake gate. 2017 rolls around and
0: miserable season,
1: miserable season. They're nickel and diamond and they don't want to move on from Garoppolo. They finally do. Um, he's pissed off. They're still not giving him an extension, which he's asking for over and over again. He wants to finish his career here. He's begging for it. He's asking Kraft to do something and nothing's happening. Then they give him that shit bum contract with five $1 million escalators to bring him in line with
0: like Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Derek Carr, all that. Yeah.
1: And he's like, what are we doing? Why am I continuing to walk to these people hat in hand? And then in August of 2019, He's expecting finally the two year, $50 million fully guaranteed contract that was given to Drew Brees, told he's going to get it. And when he doesn't get it, says, you know what? It's not just you, Bill. It's you, Robert, because I've always dealt with you, but now I can't find you and I'm dealing with him. And what am I getting? I'm getting the high hat. So as a result, all bets are off. You're not going to get happy-go-lucky, worry about everybody tomming anymore. And it's interesting the way the season played out. I'm sure Brady was over the moon when they had Antonio Brown. Yeah. Yet his anger got funneled towards Robert Kraft again when the walkaway came. Right. So it's, it, it, it was very messy. And that is the way this, as Mr. Brady said a long time ago, it will end messily. And it did. Yeah. And they did. They put a nice gauze on it, haven't they?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, someone ripped the gauze off today in my mentions saying, oh, look, you know, the whole time we were told that, you know, Brady wanted to leave and the media would push back and say, well, Belichick actually pushed him out. Now there's a back and forth. I think there's an understanding here for the reasons you just outlined. The reason that Brady wanted to leave was spurred on by a lot of the Patriots own actions, which just boiled down to the contract in 2019 was, as you say, shit bum. With the incentives, it was not beyond that season. And then come the 2020 off season, there's no firm offer from the Patriots anyway. I don't think there could be two clearer signs that we don't want you here any longer, let alone all the history that seemed to be patched up at least temporarily in 18 when they just casually win a six Super Bowl. Right. So now for Bill, because I get to ask him this here today: did you have any idea that your starting quarterback was being tampered with by the Dolphins? Which that's a two-way conversation. And, of course, his is, you know, we're focused on training camp, blah, 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 in the past. Like, at that point, it was clear he wanted to move on. It sounds like they made up based on the conversation they had here after that Sunday night game. I can't imagine he cares a whole lot about this. But I'd imagine it's a little bit more than, well, we're just focused on training camp here today.
1: I think that Bill cares about his legacy and what's said. And I think that he probably does a very small, quiet, silent victory lap to say, see, maybe it wasn't all me. Yeah. But it was all you. And anyone who doesn't believe that to be the case is being disingenuous about the landscape. There was a point at which Bill held the door open for six years. Tom kept saying, I don't want to go yet, but I don't want to go. And you keep holding the door open. When he walks through it, how does he act on the other side? Or maybe while you're still holding the door open, he starts acting on it. But this was invited by the Patriots. And I think in that offseason, if you look at that pre-free agent conversation that Brady had with Belichick, Spoke to people around him right after the conversation was ended. Was told Bill's acting like he's still under contract. Here. What he was told was, "You'll get no more than twenty-two and a half million dollars against the cap from us this year. We can't do it. We're not going to do it again." That's a lot, but it's a fraction
0: of what quarterbacks were half as good as him. It's would. again Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins kind of money.
1: <clears throat> so once Brady saw that, I mean, it was half-assed, half-hearted. Listless efforts to keep him around. Does not excuse, by any stretch of the imagination, August dalliances when you're at practice with the Patriots. I'm curious, I had a conversation with somebody within the team today as to who they thought we thought, in just a casual conversation, initiated it. My guess is it would have been Brady's side. Because it had to dovetail with, hey, I didn't get the contract. You know what? Why don't we call Bruce down with the dolphins and see what
0: what's going on, because I'm not going to put up with this. Cause you know what too? I mean, Bruce Beal and Brady are good friends. That's been documented. And at that point too, if you're the dolphins looking in on Brady, you're going just let's get him out of the division. Not the next right. step of let's bring this guy into a full on rebuild as we're tearing this thing down to the studs. Brian Flores is here. That might be attractive, but for a guy who's into his forties, we're probably a year or two away. We make a phone call, but you're not doing that at that point in the season, as they're building thing, everything up with Brian Flores. So from Kraft, Belichick, Brady Eagles, I think, frankly, the more damning part for Brady's legacy is not going to be things that affected him in that season. But the stuff that was going on with the Buccaneers, who gave him the contract that he wanted, who allowed him to play kind of shadow GM to a certain extent down there. And yet he's still talking with Miami, retiring, then trying to get out of the contract and go to the Dolphins. And none of that really works out, which I guess it's good for his sake in the legacy part that Miami and Steve Ross are so ham handed about this because a lot of this couldn't have worked out or didn't need to come to light. But it did, and part of that's tied to Brian Flores. Not that we care so much about the Bucks angle, but is there anything else we haven't covered before we move on to the Patriots? Like Bill has, <laughs> um,
1: just I think that the legacy aspect—it's not going to have a lasting dent, you know, uh, on him. I think it's going to be able to be buffed out and ignored because it's just a huge tapestry, and this is what we're focused on now—the tiny little stain on it. But I think it's going to fade. Um, but it's it's. Uh, it it is arresting, I think, to see that news and surprising to see that news. And for Bill, for the three of them, all it takes, everybody loves the forgiveness aspect. And all will be forgotten if and when. And that'll be interesting
0: too. He's pointing out to the Gillette Stadium field yes, for I the am. folks at home. We're in the press box.
1: <laughs> see if he takes, you know, he has a Patriots Hall of Fame um, induction ceremony. Yeah. Because again, It's Kraft that he was pissed off at. Bill was being Bill. Kraft, in Tom Brady's mind, is the one who changed the way he operated. Because it was always Tom and Kraft worked on the contract, and then he couldn't find Robert. And he was left to deal with Bill. So when you see the retirement speech saying, um, doesn't mention the Patriots, that is directed specifically towards ownership, not to Bill.
0: Yeah, so Bill's going to be Bill, um, and the other thing about this too, because the hurt is obviously real now, and it'll fade. And we just talked about the, you know, passing time is going to have that. Brett Favre got to go back to Green Bay and have his day. <laughs> we don't forget everything that happened with him and the Jets, retiring again, unretiring, going to the Vikings, pulling off what Brady tried to do, and going to the rival and winning and nearly going to the Super Bowl. And Brett Favre only had one Super Bowl win, so. For the six Super Bowls and everything that happened, I ran a very unscientific Twitter poll, as you will do on occasion. Yes. And, and the, the leading return in terms of responses, which was not 50 percent, but how does this affect what you think of Tom Brady's career, was not at all at about 40. Mm-hmm. So 60 percent say, yeah, I'm a little ticked, too. Very ticked and screw him. And there was 24 percent there. I think the 24 percent is going to dwindle over time. Everyone's going to be eh, but like Spygate or Deflate or any of these things footnotes and this will be a footnote locally certainly not naturally.
1: it was funny because you know i put a quick twitter thread on the reasoning behind why brady would have done this and i said at the end of it this, this is explaining why he would act out of character not excusing it and in the first i would say 30 minutes the replies that i got were from the people who most disliked brady and or me in being a brady ball washer and continually said I would bend over backwards. But as the day went along, when I checked later on, like last night, there were many more people who said who who had the complete opposite reaction to it. One other thing that I want to say before we yeah. move on is whether it's Bill Belichick fleeing authoritarian Bill Parcells to come to the Patriots, Tom Brady fleeing authoritarian, um Bill Belichick to go to Miami or Bill Parcells trying to flee ultra-meddling Robert Kraft to go to the Jets, this is de rigueur as far as we're concerned in this market. It happens all the flipping time. This is how these guys act. Now, you would never, because I know that you are dyed in the wool, you bleed herald ink, but if it got to a point where they're like, we're gonna move on from this guy. Somebody who's less of a man than you, might call around and say, I wonder if there's someplace else I can land.
0: Yeah, and just say this is business. It's not personal at that point, which is how Bill treated their relationship the entirety of the time. Robert Kraft did not up until that last year or two, as you're describing. They keep so sending
1: you out there with a shitty laptop. <laughs>
0: this is my personal laptop. But if they keep sending you oh <laughs> no, I got you, I now, got you. Yeah, yeah. little bit of a little That might a little yeah.
1: You
0: yeah. might eventually say, "Look, who's who's who gave up on who first? They won't give you a good laptop, right? Hey, there is a Herald in Miami, so no, they ultimately no, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We won't find out soon enough. Um, all right, let's get to the offense. So uh, we're seven practices in. Um, let's just zoom out. The the thing that has your attention of all the coaching and the scheme and the Mac stuff, and I think suffice to say, it's it's gone down steadily up until today's practice here on Wednesday, which was a let's get you back on track mm-hmm. offense kind of day. What has your attention of all that stuff? It's not a tweak.
1: It's not a streamline. It's not a verbiage change. It's a new offense. And Mac Jones saying those two words on Tuesday to me made me go, <laughs> he said it. He said, new offense. Yeah. It's a new offense, which gets us into the conversation. And I'm going to leapfrog this and mention something that Andrew talked about on our shows last night, I think with BST. Mm-hmm. Mentioned that Bill Belichick has wanted to implement more of the McVeigh and Shanahan stuff for a while. So why didn't he? And that to me is fascinating because you're going to lose a, a, a season here to a degree, or at least you're stepping back to, in your mind, step up with this new offense. I think part of it is he couldn't switch when Brady was here. And then after you convince Josh McDaniels to stay here in 2017, you're not going to go, oh, and Josh, we're going to put an entirely new offense in the way Kyle Shanahan runs things. Yeah, He's not going to bite on that. So you're waiting out the end of McDaniels and Brady. Then you need McDaniels to reinvent the offense with cam, which he did an unbelievable job of has one year with Mac pretty good year developing that quarterback. But then when somebody gives him a plausible offer, you don't do anything to try and make him say, even though you don't have a guy in-house.
0: They wanted him to go. And knowing that he was going to take more mm-hmm. than half of the offensive staff with him, like, I think that's been the overlooked part of this. And he Good could go point. more than half because Ivan Fears retired on his own. Quarterbacks coach, Bo Hardigree, assistant quarterbacks coach, he went to Vegas. Receivers coach, Mick Lombardi, off to Vegas. Tight ends coach, Nick was stuck here with a little metal ball and chain around his ankle, so he's still around. Carmer Basilo, though, is wearing silver and black. So, like, there's a whole – opportunity to revamp the offense not only just from a philosophy standpoint in the guy at the top but everyone in the middle with all of the coaches and how this is implemented and the techniques that we want to use you would think bill would want to go with someone who has experience doing all of those things and installs day one versus week seven game plans but no he went with kind of clay he thinks he can mold that joe judge is a good coach he'll be a good coach over here Patricia is a good coach he'll be a good coach over there and so far it's not been good, but I think we also need to remember as we all discuss how terrible the run game looks. And they can't they can't move anyone. You right. could put us in either side of Von Gotcha and Christian Barbour. We're getting a run stuff or two, just getting lucky. Is that you go back through all the headlines that I've written or you've written or Phil has written, the first week of camp is defense dominates, offense stumbles, Brady throws a pick. Like that's just how this goes in the league. And I think that's exacerbated by the new offense.
1: It, it is because. For a variety of reasons, it's exacerbated by the new offense, but it just snowballs into, okay, if then, then what? If this, then what? True. And, and it becomes, okay, if they look this bad, when do we panic? When do the players panic? Because we see a downcast Mac Jones in front of us at the podium, and there's going to be a point at which he's like, we're wasting reps you're seeing mac jones not mac jones uh, mac wilson phil mentioned this to me i didn't see it you're seeing an offensive rep today in a walk through speed where mac wilson is lined up in between cole strange and james ference ball snapped and it's walk speed and mac wilson walks between them and they're both like looking at each other and james ference moves over to get him
0: it's you're having late.
1: wasted reps for the defense yeah so there's Bill knows organization and Bill knows management, but they're they're taking steps back to take steps forward. At what point do you say, okay, we have to get better for the season now?
0: Hey, guys, just a quick break to remind you that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager in all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and line. I know you've got a lot of different options out there, but stick with BetOnline.ag. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball. NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports and even golf with the futures. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props and futures. So head on to BetOnline today or use your phone or iPad or whatever you have just to join today and make your first bet with the promo code CLNS50. That's C L N S 50 for a 50%, 50 whole percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline where the game starts. Oh yeah, and it's interesting too because I think there are a lot of off, different offshoots of this. And the, the way I saw it, and we'll go back to the 2021 draft, they take Mac Jones and they sit and they wait and they get that right. They get the guy they wanted. Mac Jones to me was not only just... We took a quarterback we think can succeed, and a lot of people don't, but he can play offense the way we want to play offense. And that was a commitment to winning from the pocket again. As much as there's this fascination outside the pocket, you can make off-platform throws, Mm -hmm. you can extend plays. Zach Wilson to Justin Fields. They said, this is our guy. And then offense was built around him, and it it amplified his strengths of the quick processing, the quick release, the being able to diagnose defenses before the snap, and throw within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, where today he's 90% for training camp as much as he's struggled. This offense now takes some of that out of his hands, or he's running the bootlegs that we've seen. They can't run the ball, which is the foundation of these Shanahan McVay offenses. And I wonder if that's best for him. We can kind of go back to this scheme stuff in a second. But I'm I'm with you in the sense it's not just the offense might be taking a step back, but your second year quarterback and his development. This isn't even a Patricia or Judge hands-on coaching thing. It's th- is this system best for him when he mastered a system that typically takes receivers, let alone quarterbacks, a year or two to kind of get a handle on.
1: And that's what's really interesting if I'm Bill Belichick. I've been hearing for 20 years that I can't draft a wide receiver. I've been hearing for 20 years that I don't know what I'm doing. I've had Tom Curran, that weaselly little kid with the nose, um, suggest that I should divest myself of all offensive input, which I did in 2021. Um, Well, why is that? Well, it's because the frigging offense that we've been running that I inherited from Bill Parcells and haven't been able to wriggle myself away from, makes my receivers look moronic because it's too hard for them. Yep. So how about I go out and I change the offense and you know what? I'm going to draft a wide receiver and Tyquan Thornton is going to succeed in this and they can all screw. Tyquan Thornton, by the way, he's been pretty good. Um, I think,
0: but, Oh, we just saw, well, I I said this on BST yesterday, my thing with with Thornton is I want to see it in team drills. The one-on-ones are great. and He's had a catch here or there, but also none of the guys I've have seen really some stood of the out team drill stuff. Right, but it's 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 occasional. Like he's had as much it's tough because you're weighing in the second team defense and how often is no, that No, he's yeah.
1: running with the ones
0: though. Uh well, less so than the top 3 or 4 guys.
1: Yes, but still. I thought full on apprentice year, be that as it may. Yeah, yeah. The upshot is Bill Belichick's like it'll make everybody better. It'll make everything better if we get away from this complicated offense and get into something that's easier. But as much as I have kind of treated Matt Patricia as a pinata because I didn't (laughs) like the way he treated the media and his bedside manner with us over the years, he is almost wholly not culpable for what's going on. Nor is Joe Judge. Bill Belichick's MO has been to put everybody in a position to succeed. He hasn't put Matt Patricia in a position to succeed, at least in the immediate. He hasn't put Mac Jones in a position to succeed. He is trying to implement a vision that he doesn't have the pieces for yet. Why would you trade Shaq Mason, your most nimble offensive lineman, when the offense that you're going to implement requires nimble offensive linemen?
0: I it's it's a tough question. Am I wrong? You write like the scheme shit. Am I wrong about that? I, I think Shaq is very well suited for the old man stuff that they were running. Like, it, there's but a he reason can you saw he can, he can move. Absolutely. I think they looked at him as kind of selling high for a guy who's still paid among the richest offensive cards in the all league.
1: they get us a friggin' fourth round pick. Right. Fifth. And
0: they fit. They, it was a fit they underestimated what that might look like. And they also just say guard is a position that's got lower positional value. So if we need to replace someone there, it's easier and it's not going to cost us as much. Again, I don't think the process was particularly good. The return was a fifth round pick. You would the first one in a left guard, bring Mike on one into right guard, who I also don't think has looked particularly good. And maybe that's because he's a 350 pound dude trying to run outside zone all the time. But be that as it may, I think whether, again, you're talking Patricia, the offensive line, the receivers, most of this should be beneficial but does all of the improvement for them within this scheme in this environment get outweighed or outweigh any negativity for Mac? Because he's, he's the starting point for all this. He's the conductor. He's the one driving the entirety of the offense. And when he's turning his back and running these bootlegs, he can't run the defense when he's got his back to them, you know, like he can't pull the trigger all that quickly. If he's holding the ball by design for two and a half seconds, as he moves out of the pocket, that's the stuff that kind of gets me. I think that again, let's jump more to the scheme stuff. McVay is the closest system that I think we've seen. Shanahan has been thrown around since we saw outside zone for the first time in May at OTAs. It's tighter splits, it's the boot action stuff, it's a lot of crisscrossing formation and some jet stuff. And it's funny to me because that's the offense Bill broke over his knee in that Super Bowl 53 against the Rams. And the game plan he used as his foundation for that was one that Matt Patricia used in Detroit. And it didn't work as well because he was coaching the Lions, but it's that same six-one front, and yet they go as the rest of the league has been the last three years. That's the offense we want to run. What part of that interests you, and might they be a year too late, considering once teams start to do things that are popular for two three years, defenses eventually respond? I think they have.
1: This is fascinating because it depends on what Shanahan you're referring to as to where this offense sprung from. Mike Shanahan's offense routinely took Bill Belichick's defenses over his knee and beat <laughs> the absolute puss out of them Yeah, because whether it was Jake Plummer or John Elway or... Who was a prick too? greasy? No, greasy was okay. But there was another one in there. One, number eight. McDaniels might've had him too. In the Kyle camp.
0: Orton. Yes. We're on the Jay Culler time too.
1: Mike Shanahan's offense is what Kyle Shanahan's offense came from, which is what McVay's offense came from, which came from Washington where Mike Shanahan was the coach. Right. It all springs from Mike Shanahan. Bill Belichick and Mike Shanahan are in a mind meld offensively and defensively. They have huge respect for each other. And this is why I think Bill Belichick has an affinity for this kind of offense, because it's very simple. You run stretch, you run stretch, you run stretch, 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 then you fake and you boot back and you have three guys at different depths. Sweeping across in routes, whether it's Rod Smith, who was a phenomenal wide oh receiver, boy.
0: Ed McCaffrey, um, Ed McCaffrey can you get me going, like naming nineties baseball you, players, which you could do forever, but, but yeah, they
1: were, they would demolish the Patriots with Terrell Davis and, and, you know, any other number of backs. So that's why I think.
0: It not goes not back Kyle to the nineties. Yeah. It goes back to Mike. I, I see a lot less. Kyle Shanahan. Cause honestly there was a lot of overlap from the old Patriots offense with McDaniels and Kyle Shanahan and the way their use of a fullback from a personnel standpoint. I mean, you know, the, the X's and O's were different, but from a personal standpoint, those two teams are at the top with Baltimore and, and maybe one other team in terms of using two backs where a lot of the, a lot of the league has gone away from that. I think the McVay stuff though is we're going to do it, it's, it's a closer copy of those old Shanahan offenses and what you're talking about. We're going to master these handful of four or five concepts that all look the same. And you might know what's coming, but you're really just gonna narrow it down to two. And if you bet wrong and get getting stretched horizontally and vertically, you're gonna get screwed. And I think that even goes back further than Shanahan. If you wanna talk about Belichick and the offense that gave him problem, but the Giants in the 80s, the team they had the trouble with in the division was not Philly, it was not Dallas. It was Joe Washington. Gibbs yeah. and Washington. And they ran the same few kind of counterplays up front with the run where, again, they're running this over and over again. Even the Manning Colts, it's the same stretch zone stuff, same few passing concepts. But they they fit together so well that it gets to be a problem for you defensively. And I think the offense of McDaniels just built and built, built, built and buckled under the weight of its own complexity. And it was great you had a kid who came in here and Mac Jones could run all of that. But I think his bet is... Mac can run this too. It's just going to bring everyone else up to the level, but it's a, it is a big philosophy shift to get what you first said. This is not streamlined. It's a hybrid system. You got some of the old, but a lot of the new stuff. And that's probably why they're struggling right now. And Mac looks as frustrated as he does.
1: Yeah. So it's going to be a process to me. We're going to keep hammering it and talking about it. But as I just said on an email back to our folks at um, NBC sports, Boston on our early edition show, don't make us continue to walk out there and say, this is a disaster. And then in three weeks, when they inevitably start to play better, then we have to say, oop, we didn't know what we were looking at. Right. We have to stay in the day instead of saying, so this means they're going to be inept in week one. We can't do that because we're setting ourselves up to look like morons because of course everyone improves. You do something, you improve at it. If you're a Patriots fan, Patriots observer, media member, You should be looking towards the joint practices. And if they can't execute this stuff in the joint practices, the same way last year, I was saying, if you can't Cam Newton play better than Mac Jones in the joint practices, then you lose. Right. And that's when it happened last year. And that's what will happen, I believe, this year. If you can't execute this stuff and you see the the Panthers and the Dolphins, then okay, we have to look at what we can do differently.
0: Yeah, or the Raiders, so they'll get before Miami. Did I say the Raiders? Dolphins. Dolphins. But <laughs> Dolphins. <Sorry. laughs> the Dolphins is a gift right here. But well, partly it, it's also just the idea that I think you're right on because Carolina is going to have the same, if not less, a roster talent than when they run roll in here defensively. So you should, you should be able to find some wins in there. The Raiders are going to think they know exactly how you're going to operate. Here you have a new offense. How does that look against better roster talent that is not as familiar with you as they think they are? So th- that's the point, too. Because also, if we're the people poo-pooing, and rightfully so, I think, as much as I'm on the record saying, I want to give Matt Patricia and JoJo's a clean slate, that this is a bad idea, and then things go badly. This should not be a shock. We should not be killing for them for things that we expect. In addition to what you're saying of just, we need to give it time, because in that hit last night in Boston Sports Tonight, I would answer for someone else's comments that were like, this is a disaster, it's not going to work. My response has been, there are two padded practices. Like, do we know about the Red Sox midway through spring training or late in spring training or after a couple of weeks? And it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. But we don't do this with any other sport, and there are a lot of moving parts. We expect this to not go as well as, as probably last season even did. But let's just wait and see. Because if you already know what's going to happen, stop showing up. Stop listening to this podcast, you know? Like it's, it's and
1: every friggin' year we go through this and we'll start it again. The teams that nobody's even knows what they are until October 12th. The Patriots might not know until Halloween or later. Yeah. yeah. I mean, watch 2018. They ended up winning that Super Bowl for one primary reason. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt. They lost the running back, Jeremy Hill. They lost not high time. They lost Jawan Bentley, and they lost another rookie.
0: Oh, and Brandon King went down. Isaiah Wynn.
1: Isaiah Wynn, who was a rookie. Yep. So Win, Jeremy Hill, and that's it. Otherwise, clean. That's the main reason they won in 2018. But that was a nine and five team for, with Tom Brady. And the five losses they had in 2018, a Super Bowl year, the people say, well, it's a Super Bowl team. Every single loss came to a team that didn't make the playoffs Jacksonville, Detroit. I can't remember all the others.
0: We got Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and Miami.
1: Nobody made the playoffs, and they lost all those games. Thanks, Tom Brady. <laughs>
0: It comes back to him. All right. Last thing. uh, What do you want to see from the offense in a week or two? We do have the joint practices progress against the Panthers would be ideal, but just before they see anybody else, before they see the giants next week, I want to see some chunk
1: plays completions and celebrations after seven on seven and 11 on 11. And I want to see it down to three or less occasions where Mac Jones is running around with the ball on a play that was not a designed run. Yeah. That more than anything else. I cannot watch because you know when he's running with the ball, it's basically you could fly a banner that said, this play was a waste of time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I, I want to see some of that boot stuff finally work and get to be a chunk play. Like, I'm writing all offseason. The next step for this offense is the deep passing game. He was league average or better in virtually every other aspect of running the offense. He could change plays at the line, accurate within the line of scrimmage. He got rid of the ball. He knew what he was looking at. He's still a rookie. He wasn't perfect. But if he had a little bit more of a threat downfield, that would have opened up everything. They got the speed now between Thornton and Aguilar. You got guys running up the scene. John Smith looks a little bit better, your guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just need to see it put together. So at least some of the, some of that base stuff has got to click. Because if you, if you can't rely on your base plays, if, I, we, if we're we missing keys on the keyboard, like we're screwed. We need the yeah, basics no. to go right and same for this offense. Yeah,
1: if we can't do any punctuation at all, it's not going to work.
0: Yeah, it's gone. All right, we got to get you out of here. I got to get right again using that keyboard. Um, thanks for popping by. And I'm sure we'll do this again during the season. I'd like that. Yeah, it'll be fun.